0: Amen. Amen. Thanks, Joey. So we are going to jump in one final time to Luke chapter 2. I have actually really enjoyed the assignment of sort of uh, meditating and focusing on a very small portion of Scripture. Um, I'm gonna make a statement to you uh, as we begin uh, that uh, someone made to me, oh man, many years ago, 20 some years ago, um, a man who is uh, not alive today, but was briefly in a uh, mentoring role in my life back during uh, my, uh, my teenage years. Your life today, right now, is a reflection of what you know and believe about God. Your life today, right now, is a reflection of what you know and believe about God. If there is something broken in your life, something out of whack, it is a reflection of what you know and believe about God. Sometimes we know things that are not correct. We know something and then discover it isn't true. Sometimes what we know is incomplete. Here's my goal this morning. And actually my goal this morning is no different than my goal is every time that I teach. My goal is that you would experience the goodness of God. That you would experience the goodness of God and His purposes in every area of your life. And that you would experience the lightness of His yoke as you say yes to Him. So one last time, for some direction, we're going to go into the field. We've been in the field a couple of times. We're going to go one more time. Luke chapter 2. Beginning in verse 8. Now, in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel Multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. So, in the first week of our series, Philip Licht uh, talked about the message of great joy for all people. Week number two, we looked at what it means when he says peace on earth with those whom He is pleased. And then last week, we looked at uh, what it means to have a savior today, to be given the gift of a savior who is saving. And this week, I wanna focus in on what these visitors, having come from the very presence of God, have to say about God. Here's the phrase, glory to God in the highest heavens, or glory to God in the highest. So, this is what we're going to do. I'm going I'm to carefully, as we've done the last couple of weeks, I'm going to carefully unpack this message. Again, we've got to make sure that we have defined and really understood, again, maybe a term that we've heard many times. unpack the message of the angels who speak of a God that they know, that they exist in the presence of. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to unpack their message about God in, in five layers. We're going to build from the bottom up. The first layer, let's define what we mean by glory. Let me give you some words, some, some synonyms to help you understand what the term glory means. <clears throat> glory is splendor, it's brightness, it's magnificence, excellence, preeminence, grace majesty, absolute perfection. God's glory is what we behold when we see who God is. You'll notice that many of the words to help us define glory are words describing something that you see, Or how you see something, splendid, bright, magnificent, majestic. God's glory is the radiance of His greatness. If you were to take the sum total of all the attributes of who He is and put that on display, the experience of seeing that display is glorious. God's glory is what we behold when we see who he is. It's the difference between me telling you about all of the luxurious features of an Audi. As some of you know, I've bought and sold Audis over the years. They have great leather interiors, great trim, great accents, very sophisticated. But telling you is not the same experience as seeing it for yourself sitting in the driver's seat. Glory is seeing God. The angels say, glory to God, there's the second layer. So building on the foundation of our understanding of what glory is, splendor, brightness, magnificence, excellence, preeminence, grace, majesty, absolute perfection to God. Glory to God, that phrase is simply attaching the experience of His glory to its source, that is to Him. So, as I stand uh, <clears throat> looking out the window of my home, and I behold uh, one of the amazing uh, sunsets that we've had recently, and I see the mountains, and the ocean, and the snow, and the brilliant colors, and I say, glory, right? That's, that's beholding something that's majestic, that's, that's magnificent but to connect it to its source. I don't just exclaim glory, it's an exclamation of glory to God. That magnificence, that splendor, the brightness, the majesty is, is, comes from Him Glory to God is simply attaching the experience of his glory to its source, that is to him. It's me saying, God, you are magnificent, you are excellent, you are preeminent, you are majestic, you are perfect. Glory to you, Jude one twenty five to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, Be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever, amen." This is why the poetic writers of the book of Psalms uh, use the term glory so frequently. It's a responsive exclamation, glory. I sit down. I come home. Uh, After being out for the day, sit down at my table and my wife has uh, prepared a beautiful meal. In fact, up until just recently, she was uh, harvesting uh, fresh Brussels sprouts from our garden, which I love by the way. I sit down at that meal and it's beautiful and I say, glory. It's a responsive exclamation, glory to God. That's the second layer, the third layer. And you've heard this before, give glory to God, which is an odd, uh, it's an odd request. Give glory to God. How can I give God something that he already possesses completely? To give glory to God, and here's the next layer, to give glory to God is, is, is for my heart and my desires uh, to agree with what my eyes behold. As I learn to confirm the superiority of his glory through my life and in my life, Psalms 115.1, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory because of your loving kindness, because of your truth. Isaiah 42.12, let them give glory to the Lord and declare His praise. To give glory to God is not like giving someone a gift. You recently probably gave and received some nice gifts. Before you were given it, you didn't have it. That's not this kind of giving. To give God glory is like giving praise. It's giving acknowledgement. It's, it's speaking out. What my eyes behold and not just speaking it as true, but, but allowing my heart to respond. We recently had some guests over to our new place. Actually, it's one of the first time we've had uh, people in our new home, and I was standing over by the kitchen and my wife was sitting in the living room having a conversation with our guests. And I just had one of those moments where uh, I just noticed how good-looking my wife is, and I thought, man, her hair and her makeup are on point, I love her outfit. Uh, She was having a conversation where she was relating something humorous and so Her posture and expression were very uh, happy and joyful. So I told her later, I said, man, Jenny, your hair and makeup were just on point tonight. And she said, I wasn't wearing makeup. (laughs) (laughs) That's giving glory. It's, It's acknowledging what my eyes behold It's it's allowing my my heart to be moved and my tongue to confess, first with my mind, then my mouth, ultimately my heart, and then my life in response to God's glory, to beholding Him. The angels come from the very presence of God with a message for mankind. And in the context of that message, point back to him. This good news, this peace, this joy, this savior, what is it a reflection of? The glory of God. That's a third layer. Give glory to God. Now let's add a fourth. Give glory to God in the highest. The glory we give to God is to be the greatest glory we give. God's position in the highest heavens is illustrative of His placement over our lives. The glory that we give to God must be a preeminent glory. It must be the highest glory. And to give glory to something other than God, to place anything else higher than Him is to miss out on our highest calling and joy. For some, uh, for some, we glory in substitutes. That is, our, our eyes are taken by, we behold something, we're were uh, drawn in by something and and that thing becomes, uh, we we elevate it to the highest place and it becomes a substitute to great uh, negative impact on our lives. Romans 1, verse 23, they exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of a corruptible man or of a bird or a creature. Rather than give God the glory that He is due, rather than, than give glory to God in the highest and letting Him have the highest place, they, they took that glory and attributed it to something else that was lesser. And then Paul says in the next verse, in verse 25, he says, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. So they basically ignored the glory of God, the glory that He has, and that by giving to Him, we simply acknowledge who He is. They took that and they offered it to something else. Paul says they, res- they, they looked at the truth and they exchanged it for a lie. When my mind and my heart are taken up by something other than God, when I glory in, find glory in something else. God no longer has the highest place, begins to, to eat away at my capacity to fully step into the good purposes of God. You guys remember the story of Achan? People of Israel had come to the city of Jericho. God said, I'm going to give you this city. I'm going to do all of the fighting but the prize belongs to me. I'll do all the work, I get all the reward." God knocks the city down and He says, "'Everything in this city, all of the spoil belongs to me. Don't touch it.'" And there was a man named Achan who found some, some valuable items and they were glorious in his eyes. They were beautiful, desirable. And so he he planned in his mind uh, to, to allow his heart to disobey the Lord. He took those items and he hid them under his tent. And this cost the people of Israel greatly. And he was confronted. Listen to the words of Joshua. Joshua said to Achan... My son, I implore you, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, and give praise to Him. Tell me now what you've done and don't hide it from me. What Achan had done is he had removed God from the highest place. Something else in his heart had become more glorious. And with those things out of whack, there was a tremendous consequence in his life. He gave glory to a substitute. He exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for the corruptible glory of riches. He exchanged the truth of God for a lie. My son, give glory to God to whom it is due. So we can glory in substitutes. We can also glory in self. Like the self-righteous Pharisee in Luke 18, he looks over at the sinner and says, Oh, thank God that I am not like that sinner, thank you, Lord, that I am so great." This is the person who receives all the good gifts, and the grace of God is a testimony of his own worth, not of God's worth. The Pharisee isn't enjoying God's glory, he's enjoying his own glory, his own righteousness, his own goodness. We can glory in substitutes, idols, things that we have placed above the Lord. We can glory in ourselves, the self-righteous person, but we can also glory in shame. And this is the person who has placed their shame and their guilt in the highest place. They say, God is great, but my sin is greater. I love the testimony of Paul that he shares with Timothy, his disciple. 1 Timothy 1, beginning in verse 15, he says, "'It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, among whom I am foremost of all. Yet for this reason I found mercy So that in me, as the foremost sinner, Jesus Christ might demonstrate His perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in Him for eternal life. And then Paul says this, now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, honor and glory forever and ever. Paul says, I I'm the worst of the worst when it comes to sin, and yet God's glory is greater than my sin. I will not glory in my shame. I will not put my guilt in the highest place. I will give God the highest place. Glory to God in the highest. Now for the last layer, layer number five. Give glory to God in the highest again and again the psalmist, Psalm 145, verse 5, on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wonderful works, I will meditate. I will go back and look again at the testimony of your glory. I I will set my mind on beholding it. And when we go back again and again, when we give glory to God in the highest place again and again, there is something that happens in our hearts and in our lives. 2 Corinthians 3.18, we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image From glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, then God is transforming us into his glorious image. The effect of placing your mind On beholding the glory of God is the gradual transformation into that same glory. But if you are to see his glory, you must seek his glory. And seeing him, seeing his glory, seeing his greatness, beholding him is what transforms our hearts. Your eternal value, internal value set isn't something you can fake. You can't pretend to want God more than anything else. Your heart is drawn by what it desires, by the thing that has taken it captive, that has captivated your heart. And your life right now today is a reflection of what you know and believe about God. On your glorious splendor, I will meditate. There is no endeavor in this life in which you will experience more intense interference and resistance than the endeavor of knowing God. There is no endeavor in this life more fundamental to fulfilling your created purpose than the endeavor of knowing God and There is no endeavor in this life more transformational than that of knowing God, seeing Him, and beholding Him. So, as we move out of the Christmas season, out of a season of Advent, I want to give you an assignment with a special permission. I would ask that maybe in the coming week, maybe longer, that you would go to God not to fix something not to prove something not to check something off your to-do list and not to get something but that you would go to God that you would set aside space and time to go to Him with simply the goal to know Him and enjoy Him and as you know Him. As you experience Him, your lips too will yield what your heart is exclaiming, glory to God in the highest." God, I pray that for each person hearing this, God, that you would meet with us in a special way that we would not miss the opportunity simply to come to you, to know you, to experience you, to walk with you, and as we behold you, that we would experience your transforming work moving us from glory to glory. We pray this in Jesus' name.